Hi, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of 10 Things I Hate About Me, a podcast where we're coming clean on all the things we don't like about ourselves. I'm your host, Samantha Stokes, and I am a comedian, a musician, and an expert at hating myself. Hating myself comes naturally to me. I've been doing it for years. I've put in the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours. And I've gotten better at it over the years, but I still feel a lot of shame over the things I don't like about myself. Why do I treat a night alone at home like it's a fate worse than death? Why do I act like I've been slapped in the face when someone gives me feedback? Why am I physically incapable of bringing cups to the sink when I'm done drinking them? Am I ever going to grow up? Am I ever going to change? It's too many questions for one girl to answer. But one thing that has always made me feel better is remembering that it's actually not easy for everyone else. Obviously. Everybody has things they struggle with. Everybody has things they don't like about themselves. So, every week, I'm going to bring on a guest, and together, we're going to come up with a list of 10 things they hate about themselves. So without further ado, here is the first episode of 10 Things I Hate About Me. Okay, hi again. Actually, there is one more ado. I regret to inform you that the audio quality of this episode on my end is bad. I don't know what happened. I was using a microphone. I know how to use a microphone, but this is just what happened. So I hope that that doesn't bother you. Um, If it does bother you, my condolences. If it doesn't bother you, thank you. All right, now here's 10 things I hate about me. I'm happy to introduce our guest, Philadelphia comedian and co-host of the podcast Flop Soup, Cassandra Curiezus. Hi, Cassandra. What's up? Hi. <laughs> Was it cool that I decided to go? I went with, what's up? Okay. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> no, I I really think that what's up is one of the funniest things a person can do. So yes. <laughs> we're already starting off really strong. So the first thing that I want us to do today is a little round of roses and thorns the rose is the best or most rewarding thing that has happened to you in this past week and the thorn is the worst or most challenging thing that happened to you this week i'll go ahead and go first so you can have some time to think my rose before last night i was prepared to say that my rose this week was being the first guest on your podcast flop soup stop (laughs) i I had so much fun recording it, and then the day that it came out, I was posting, I was talking to everybody, and it was really fun to hear like what everybody thought about it. It was such a great day. But last night, I went out with some friends, and I have to say that my new rose is we were getting ready to leave, and this woman came up to our table, and she goes, and she's very drunk, and she goes, you all are so cute especially these two hoes with the curly hair. And she pointed to my friends, Maddie and Jackie, who have very curly hair. Oh my God. (laughs) And then she started just like going around the table and telling us what she thought of everybody at the table. (laughs) She pointed to Jackie's boyfriend, Zach, and our friend Lauren. And she goes, these two have whorish tendencies. So I guess like... Did she like a lab on that? <laughs> I wish that she did, but she didn't. She was just doing a lot of repeating herself. Okay, I love. <laughs> um, and then she pointed to me and she said, this girl looks innocent, but I can tell she's a sneaky bitch. <laughs> 
and I wish that she had elaborated, partly because I think that she's right. So I want to like know what she sees, you know? I want to know now too. We'll have to find her, track her down, get her, get her the same amount of alcohol so that she's in that honest place. Yeah. And you know what? We have a name. So I was there with my friends, Jackie, Maddie, Lauren, Annie, and a few other people. And this woman's name was also Jackie. Whoa. Boom. Okay. Um, so from now on, I'm going to be referring to this as the other Jackie incident. Whoa, yeah. Um, yeah, she told us that she was 44, and she she told us some details about her medical history. I think we could find her if we put our mind to it. I think we could. But yeah, so that is my rose, the other Jackie. And then for my thorn... I've been like spending so much money. I've been just like bleeding money. And at the end of the month, we all know that that's like the rent paycheck, right? Mm -hmm. But then that means in my mind that the middle paycheck, we just go balls to the wall. And I feel like I am just like speeding down spendy highway with no brakes. I um I think I'm the wrong person to say this thorn to because I'm always like spend that money. <laughs> I'm always like what are you going to do? Ha- hold the cash in your hands when you're dead? Like you know, I don't know. I'm not a good I'm I'm not a good budget person. I have a lot of credit cards. I'm not in credit card debt, but I got a lot of credit cards and I'm always spending that paycheck before I have it. You know, and I just get like, I'll like, you know, I work, uh, I work at the polls. So like randomly I'll get like $250, like three months after that happens. And I'll be like, perfect. I'm not going to hit zero this month. You know, like just random little things like that. Like it'll just like come and hit me. And so I don't, I don't learn any lessons if that makes sense. (laughs) Truly nothing hits like a random paycheck. Right. Like a, like a thing that you forgot about. And then it's like, oh, I forgot that I do this little side gig. Here's 300 bucks for me to be like, it's fine that I bought six pairs <laughs> of shoes last month or whatever. Yeah. I think the other aspect of my thorn is like, I'm starting to realize that I am very easily influenced, mm-hmm. especially by like TikTok stuff. Like if I looked at like the things that I've bought in the past month or so it's all like tiktok viral products like i got the urban decay moon dust i got the sol de janeiro (laughs) pistachio spray i got the maybelline lifter gloss like all that kind of stuff whoa can you tell me what all three of those products are supposed to do (laughs) oh i can tell you okay so the urban decay moon dust is a glittery eyeshadow. It's a very fine, beautiful glitter. I'm so happy that we're talking about this. (laughs) And it's it's like the kind of glitter that like you could wear during the day. You could wear it to work. I do often. And it's just so, so pretty. It gives you the glow. I have to tell you, like, that sounds like something that's really bringing you a lot of joy. So I it really is. Thank you. You know, I don't I don't know about regret about that, about purchasing it. I don't, I'm not sure I support that. <laughs> I definitely do not regret this one. This was a solid purchase. I do kind of regret the Sol de Janeiro perfume. OK, it supposedly smells like pistachio and salted caramel. Um, and people really like this. Okay. I, I am skeptical of a perfume that is intentionally trying to smell like foods so much, you know? See, I'm a gourmand girly, so I thought okay. that this was okay. going to speak to me. It was a blind buy, and it just didn't work out. I feel like it kind of smells like Bath & Body Works, but like a step down from Bath & Body Works. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> 
Okay, I'm going to talk about a recent successful perfume purchase, though. Okay. This little this little perfume bottle that looks like a stiletto. Oh, love. Oh, sexy. Opens <gasps> like that. Oh, the heel comes off. Okay, Sam popped off. It's like the heel comes off, and then at the top of, like, the arch, you spray. It's gorgeous. That's incredible. That is gorgeous. And does it smell good? I really like it. It's like um, rose, lychee, and um, something else. Something, like, a little bit fruity. I really like it. Wow. You need to have, like, a perfume consulting. That's a lot of perfumes that you know about (laughs) you know one of these days I will go into detail about my perfume collection because I'm very passionate about it I got into perfume during um the pandemic because I was like I need something to live for (laughs) that makes sense and and it's like a nice I feel like there's something relaxing about sniffing does that yeah (laughs) no it is it's like um it's like aromatherapy but better (laughs) but yeah so um that's my roses and thorns and my perfume collection um, Cassandra, I would love to hear your rose for the past week. Okay, thank you so much for asking. Um, so I think I'm going to theme it around one thing, which is I did stand up this week for the, for the first time in a while. Yes! And I'll do my thorn first, if that's allowed. Go for it, girl. Okay. So my friend who hosts the show texted me like 36 hours before the show and was like, hey, can you do five minutes on the showcase that I run on Wednesday? And I like, I don't know, like I've been in a mood recently because my job is trying to make us go back to work. They are making us go back to work four days a week instead of three. And like, I think I was just like, you know, I'm free. I'm going to do this showcase. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. But because I hadn't been up in a while, I like needed to find like some open mics that I could go to so that I can just like, like for me, it's important that I just like get out there once or twice before I go like on stage for a real thing to just like remember how it works. And my thorn is that I feel like open mics just continue to be worse than they were before the pandemic. Like, it's a Tuesday. That's like a big open mic day in Philly, like like basically Sunday through Thursday, like because they happen at bars um, like that. You know, those are the nights that bars are like, yeah, bring us customers, do an open mic. Um, but like all the ones that were running were like capped already at like 2 p.m. because you like now message people before and like are like oh I want to be on the list I don't like that I don't want to have to know you and talk to you in advance to come to the mic I don't want to have to know you like I don't I don't like like the planning aspect of it like I like the spontaneity of like being able to go to a mic and just being like okay I'm gonna sign up and like do it like and I'm and like I used to always like go and be like I'm not sure I'm gonna do it and then I would like see a couple people go and be like, okay, I have the bug. I'm going to go up. And yeah, so that was like really annoying. And then I did find one like on Wednesday night that I could go to like before the show because it was at nine. But I just, I was just having this moment of like, oh, I miss like <laughs> when you could just like walk in and be like, here we, here we go. Cause like you also used to be able to do like four mics in a night if you really put your mind to it. So yeah, that's my thorn. And then my rose is that I did the showcase and I like saw a lot of people I hadn't seen in a while and I got to laugh a lot at people doing comedy and that is like one of my favorite things. And it was just good to see people and like good to laugh and I love both sides of it. Like I like performing, but I also really like to see people going up. Like I have a lot of fun with that. So yeah, the social aspect of doing comedy, that's a big one. It's yeah. And it's like not even just, I just love like... I, I really think that, like, so many people are are good at it and, like, being able to see, like, all the different types of comedy and that stuff it sounds so corny. But, like, I, I love it. I really do love to see people, like, in their element. So. Do you have any friends where you're, like, you're the funniest person that I know, but they would never do stand-up? They're not a performer. They refuse. And it's, like, devastating. 
Um, I definitely have friends who I think are so funny who I haven't like directly inquired about whether or not they want to do stand up, but like it doesn't seem like something that they care about doing because they have never once asked me about it, which I feel like I would because I do do it like I would be a person that you would ask about it. But yeah, I definitely have a lot of I mean, but that's also <laughs> I was listening to some comedians on a podcast recently who were like, you know, the people who make people laugh the most are like their friends. That's the whole thing. Like, <laughs> like you can try so hard to be a stand up comic, but like you'll never make people laugh more than their friends do. And I was like, that's so true. <laughs> but I, I know what you're saying. I do have some friends who I'm like, you actually just are so funny all the time. And like, it could definitely be translated. <laughs> yeah, it probably also is just part of like my own psyche where I'm like, if you're good at something, why not put it out there in the world? Why not perform for everybody? Why not be the little clown? You know? Yeah, why not like ruin your precious thing that you have for yourself, right? <laughs> for the sake of showing others. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, that's my that's my Rosenthorn. So Sam comedy killing me, nourishing me. I feel like that's a classic tale. So all right. Now I wanna ask you the big question. The reason we're all here. Cassandra, can you tell me one thing you hate about yourself? Thank you so much for asking, Sam. <laughs> um I am going to go with today, I hate uh, how much FOMO I have all the time. FOMO, if you um, weren't in on the acronyms like six years ago, is fear of missing out, which is basically you just hear about other people hanging out and you're like, why wasn't I there? I'm upset I wasn't invited or that I couldn't go or any of those things. Um, And even though I am an adult with a fiance and a 401k that's actually a 403b because I work for a nonprofit, <laughs> um, I still get FOMO like all the time, like every weekend. Social media definitely is always making it worse. I feel like it's like exists because of social media, but like I can talk myself down from it. I feel like more than I used to be able to, but I'm still just like, oh, those people are hanging out that I know and why wouldn't they invite me? Yeah, this is the most devastatingly relatable thing that you could say to me on my own podcast. <laughs> I feel like I am crushed by the weight of FOMO like every day. Yeah, like and, and it's like there's no there's no way that you could do all of the things that you are having FOMO about. Like whether or not that's like you'd have to like break space and time or you'd have to break your bank account, like whatever it is, like there is there is no way that you could go to every single thing, but somehow I'm finding a way to be upset about every single thing, you know, where I'm just like, well, we know each other. I think I would have been a fun addition to that. <laughs> yeah. So usually I'm not like the biggest fan of logic. I'm a big feelings girl. Amen. But whenever I get FOMO, I really have to like tap into the logic part of my brain to fight the feelings. They go head to head. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's super true. You just have to be like, okay, actually. And, and the biggest one is like, sometimes I'll experience a feeling of FOMO about something I don't like doing. Yeah. Like, like pe- people going for a run or something, which like I, I can't physically do because I have a bad ankle. So it's like not advised. And B, when I could do it, I fucking hated it like so much. But even that, I'm just like, well, it seems like they're ha- they made a plan to be with each other and I wasn't part of it. Like <laughs> I recently had FOMO. I had an acute case of FOMO over seeing pictures of some of my friends at a wedding for somebody that I am not friends with. Like someone you like don't know essentially. (laughs) 
Yeah, somebody that I don't know. Somebody that was in my social circle when I lived in a whole other city. Oh my god. But I, I saw everything going on and it just made me be like, why am I not part of the celebration? Yeah. Which is a little bit psycho. <laughs> but like, if I like go deeper, it's more like a whole other thing where it's like, I regret like not having a wider circle of friends, not feeling like people like are seeking out my friendship. A lot of stuff where it's like, can you relax? <laughs> right. It's it's like a whole other set of stuff that I, I think does ultimately go back to like, you only have so much time in your life. And like, while we all wish, I think I, I think I said this to you before, while we all wish that ultimately we didn't have to have jobs, like we do unfortunately have to have them. And like, it's just, <laughs> it's hard. Like you just don't have unlimited time to like cultivate friendships, to like keep friendships up, like all of those things. Cause like, I agree. I've had the same feeling of like, I'll see the wedding of someone who like I kind of used to be close with. And then I'll be like, and why wasn't I invited? And I'm like, well, logistically, if I think about the last time I spent even five minutes with them one-on-one, like when was that? Was is it pre-Trump? Like Right, yeah. You know? <laughs> but yeah, one thing I one thing I hate about me is that I have to work. Is that I have to have a job. Yeah. Am I supposed to be doing a running list? That is like actually Do you want I, me to put I mean, that on the list? One thing It's number yeah, it's up there. I hate that I have to have a job. <laughs> number two, I hate that I have to have a job. Uh, are you gonna like read this to me at the end, Julia Style style or Absolutely I will. Perfect. <laughs> um I feel like something that has really helped my FOMO is just planning time for myself kind of just like learning to enjoy my alone time a lot more my FOMO was really bad when I um had a lot of free time on my hands and was like is that like during the pandemic that you had a lot of free time on your hands or during the pandemic when we were all in quarantine I was feeling really good Because I didn't have a reason to be anywhere. Right. But when things started opening back up, that was when I was like, where the hell is everybody? What am I doing? I don't know how to spend my free time anymore. Especially because like before the pandemic, I worked at Good Good Comedy Theater, which is where me and Cassandra met. Shout out. It's dead now. It doesn't exist. (laughs) Shout out. R.I.P. I really miss Good Good. It was... Honestly, it was like part of my identity at a certain point. I was there every single weekend. Mm -hmm. Even if I wasn't working, I was probably there for like a show or something. So when it was gone and I didn't work there anymore, it was kind of like, what do I do on the weekends? And I, I don't really like, like dancing or like, really? Yeah. I'm going to write that down because I, I am always wishing I went dancing more. So I want it. Should I invite you so that you can say no? Tell me how to navigate that because I do want to be going. Oh my God. You know what? My love language is being invited to something even though the person knows that I'm going to say no. Okay. Okay. So I'll make sure to invite you and I will anticipate that you will say, you know, I don't love to dance. <laughs> this is my sickness that I'm asking you to just like do this like performative. You know, but I feel, I feel a similar way where I'm like, well, you know, just ask me just in case (laughs) maybe maybe something will move me anyway okay I interrupted you saying that you don't like dancing and then I think there's probably more stuff on the list at least yeah or like um I'm not like a big drinker honestly those are the two things that I can think of that people do on weekends I'm just like what do people how do people spend their free time yeah and it would make me spiral being alone on a Friday night and just feeling like everybody was having fun except for me Well, you know what? That's funny that you say that. Like when I was um, like Friday night specifically, like there is something so 
specific about not having plans on a Friday night. Um, when I was like 22 or 23 and my now fiance, Ben and I had just started dating, um, like we were maybe like a year into our relationship. Like I remember, I don't cry a lot, like not at the movies. I'm not a big crier. Um, and I just remember like one Friday night, he was like going to hang out with his friends, but he hadn't really told me that he was going to do that. And like, you know, when you're 22 or 23, it's like the worst time of your life. Like your friends just moved all over because of college. You don't know who you are, whatever, all that stuff. And I just like started crying. Like I was just like, it's Friday night. It would be like by myself. And like, no, hang out with me. And like, it just like, I, I still have like the memory of that feeling of that, like aloneness. Like, and it's, now I feel like I deal with it better. It's like fine, you know, whatever. It's not like I can make my own fun as you are saying, like, it's about trying to carve your alone time, but, like, it is, it's a very raw feeling to feel alone on a Friday night when you want to be doing something with someone else. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, not only do you have to put, like, thought into it and be, like, what do I actually like doing, but it's also, like, you have to practice. Like, it's the kind of thing where, like, being alone, you can try to think your way out of it as much as you want, but like it's the doing that will actually get you from point A to point B. It's super true. It's super true. Even yesterday, yesterday I was like, I took a day off from work because I wasn't feeling the best. And, um, but then I wanted to get out of the house. And you know what? Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm a big believer in just taking the day off when you're not feeling the best. Always do that. <laughs> yeah, me too. But I like at five, I was like, I need to leave the house, I think. And I just went and I sat at this cafe that I hadn't been to really before. And I like chatted with the barista and I read my book and I was like, I love to do things by myself, you know, like just, yeah, it's a good feeling when you figure it out. Yeah. Classic mental health tip. Get out of the house. Get out of the house. <laughs> at least once a day. <laughs> there, There is really, unfortunately, nothing better than just going on a 20 minute walk while the sun is out, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. It's in my experience, cures headache, cures um on we like there's just it's a big cure yeah I am um, I work from home on Wednesdays so I have a Wednesday ritual of going to get breakfast at one of my favorite places because Beautiful. I know that if I don't there is a good chance that I just won't leave the house all day and it doesn't feel good yeah totally totally it really doesn't and I okay okay here's another thing here's another thing I hate about me I mean it depends on the morning I go back and forth on it but I can stay in bed until like 11 30 a.m even though I frequently wake up between the hours of seven and nine and I'll just like roll around and I won't I won't go outside in the morning sometimes and I'm just like I do feel like I would have had like a jolt of of aliveness if I had done that even though I do like to be in my bed and watch tv and whatever and be cozy like you are really speaking my language right now (laughs) I love being in bed and just burying myself in the blankets I call it cinnamon roll time love and I would have cinnamon roll time all freaking morning if I could and you know sometimes I can and sometimes I do but there is a really specifically bad feeling where you get out of bed and then all of a sudden it's like noon and you're like where the hell did the day go right right you're like fuck I like haven't done anything today like I do blame capitalism for that feeling sometimes, you know, it it can't just be me, but sometimes, yeah, it feels bad. And like, I, I wish that I was less stressed out about getting dressed also. I feel like there's a layer of it that's like, I don't like to be outside in like just sweatpants or whatever. And like, I like to have a real bra on, but then I'm also like, I don't really want to put on a real bra yet. Like (laughs) I am in my cartoon girl era 
And by that, I mean, I am wearing the same fucking thing every day because I don't want to think about my outfit. Yeah. This little green sweatshirt that I have on with my uh, Karopi frog on it, it's like the only thing that I've been wearing. And people call me out on it. I love. I, th- I think it's a great color. I'm a big fan of green. Thank you. I love it for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next segment is let's unpack that. I'm going to ask you the question and you're going to give me a quick little answer. And if I say, let's unpack that, we're going to stop and you have to tell me more. Okay. I'm ready. All right. What's your hometown and what's one thing you don't like about it? My hometown is Swarthmore, Pennsylvania. Um, One thing I don't like about it complicated but like i don't know suburby like suburb-ish suburb-esque yeah what's one word that describes what you were like in college Mm, drunk (laughs) i was also like fun but i was drunk a lot Uh (laughs) okay let's unpack that okay um last night we were going around the table and asking each other when was the first time you drank and when was the first time you do you have ages for this yeah okay so I think I was 17 it was like either like the end of junior year or the beginning of senior year I actually did like a comedy bit about this because my like two best friends from high school um both got married really young like by the time I was 24 they were both married and we like scary I know scary and we had we when I first it was like with the two of them so like and it was like a very ridiculous situation so in Swarthmore I live next to like a track like in field like a track and a field together as they frequently are and it was also like on the other side of the field lived like the town's worst cop like everybody hated him and like why did Swarthmore even have like a police force it, there isn't a reason for it like I feel like if you know who the worst cop in town is, that's, like, a sign, you know? Oh, for sure. Like, he would just, like, walk around and, like, talk to teens and be like, what What are you doing? Like, that kind of, like, menacing, like, get a life kind of a thing. Like, okay, you're addicted to being a cop. Yeah, you're so addicted to being a cop. So, for some reason, me and these two girls decide that a good place to is just like in a chair in the middle of this field like we I don't remember where we got the chair from it must have been like on the field somewhere like a, like a folding chair like a folding chair like a folding chair I don't know where it came from and so we like we in like the middle of this field like so close to where the cop lives but like just like no one noticed because like it was nighttime so why would why would they? And then we just like walked into town and like sat at the Chinese restaurant and talked to some guys that we knew from high school who were telling us how they had just stolen a Starbucks Frappuccino bottle from like the, the store in town. You know, the folding chair part really gets me. You couldn't just sit in the grass like normal kids. No, like it was like whoever's turn it was to be <laughs> would sit in the chair and then... <laughs> Like, the other two girls would be, like, focused on, like, the Like, that's your chair. Like, yeah, it was, like, a, it was, like, ritualistic almost, except we never did it again. It was crazy. And in the sense that it wasn't crazy at all, you know? That is so classic. I feel like that's the perfect, like, when you're a goody two-shoes kind of kid, that is how you do, like, the little bad things. Like, you're like, ooh, we're being bad, but it's also like, you are being so lawful. Like, yeah, like, very, very lawful. (laughs) Okay, I'm glad that we unpacked that. I'm glad that we went down that road. Yeah. 
Okay, next question. If there was a zombie apocalypse, what would be your fatal flaw? Oh, I already referenced it. Bad ankle. Can't really run. Aw. It's like not yeah. I'm I'm just not I like I can, but after after a couple sprints away from a zombie, then I think I would be too hobbled and I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. Uh, I think about this a lot. I mean also glasses. Glasses, yeah. I'm vision impaired and I wear dailies. So when I, I went to San Francisco in the fall and somebody stole my backpack, like a smash and grab situation. But in my backpack was all my dailies and my glasses. So I had like six more days left of this vacation. And so I just had the dailies in my eyes and you're like really not supposed to wear those like more than one day. Yeah. So I had to like go to a lens crafters in Santa Rosa, California Cursed. and like pay a hundred dollars to like get the exam. Cause they couldn't find my insurance for some reason, even though I do have it. And then they like gave me some dailies, but I was just like, I'm fucking useless. So yeah, I'm sorry that I made it all like physical attributes, but it's true. No, it's valid. And I think that you're correct. I am also a daily is contact lens wearer. And not having your dailies, if that's what you're used to, is psychological torture. It really is. It's, yeah. I mean, I just, like, one day, I, like, put them in contact, whatever, you know, the the fluid, and put them back in, and I was like, this is so fraud. <laughs> okay, next question. What is the last thing you spiraled over? Oh, um, I, I already told you about this. <laughs> On Thursday, so as I've shared, I've been having to, like, go into my office more than normal, and on Thursday, I came home and I was supposed to have um, like a phone call with my producer, David, for my podcast, Flop Soup. And I get home and I realize my Wi-Fi isn't working. And I'm like, just like all of my energy like left my body. And I was like, what? Like, this is just like, uh, this be really annoying. Like one of the last times I had to reset the Wi-Fi, I ended up having to like call Comcast, which everybody knows is like the worst thing that's ever happened to anyone. So I go, this is a long story. I go upstairs. I'm like getting ready. Like, okay, I'm gonna have to reset the Wi-Fi. And then I look at my bedroom and I realize all the lights are off and the clocks aren't on. So the power must be out. So the power in my apartment is sort of weird. Like it'll go out in like parts of the house and you just have to like go down and reset the switch. Haunting. Yeah, haunting. I, I hate to sound like I live in the 1950s, but if you do the toaster and the microwave at the same time, forget about it. The kitchen's done. So I go downstairs and I'm like, all right, I'm probably going to have to like go up and down a few times because I'm not sure like how these switches work. So I do the switch and I'm like, okay, here I go. Back up two flights of stairs. And um, it appears that only half the power is back on, like my half of the room, like my light and my clock are back on, but Ben's side isn't. And I'm like, okay. So they go back down and I flip some more switches. I go back up and then I've turned all the lights off on the second floor. And then I'm like, okay, back down again. I do it again. I come back upstairs and I realize that what's going on is that on top of the power having gone out in the front bedroom, Ben took the extension cord for something on his side of the room and he didn't realize that that's where the Wi-Fi is plugged in. So he unplugged it by accident. And I was like, ah! and then I got it like back in. I just had to lie on my bed for like a long time. <laughs> Modern day horror story. It really was. And like, it's so like actually not a big deal. And like, just was such an easy fix but I just like in the moment I had no 
like capacity to deal with the problem (laughs) no and like I told you this when you told me the story the worst part is the walking up and down it's walking up and down right I will go I will go to insane lengths to not have to walk up stairs and I go so back and forth because I do ultimately appreciate that I have like two floors in my apartment like that's very lucky and also like I do think it's probably good for you to just like have to walk up and down the stairs in your daily life, like in a in like a heart health way. Objectively, yes, but at what cost? Right, at what cost? <laughs> One thing I hate about me is that sometimes I have to take the stairs. <laughs> yes, but yeah, that's the last thing I spiraled over, which I feel like is a is a true testament to like how close we all are to losing our minds at any given moment. Yeah, we're we're all just one staircase away from the big one. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> all right, and this is our last question. Are you now or have you ever been a theater kid? No, I have never been a theater kid, but I was really good friends with a bunch of theater kids, like all throughout middle and high school. Some of them are still my friends. Theater kid adjacent. Yeah, I'm very theater kid adjacent. Sometimes I will be talking to someone and they'll think, because I like know about Sarah Bareilles' Into the Woods recording that I know everything, then I'm in a trap and I have to be like, I'm sorry, I I have misrepresented myself. I don't <laughs> I don't know who that is and I don't know what that show is. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just know enough to like get by and like surface level conversation about it. And I have famously seen Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway. So Oh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, for the folks at home, me and Cassandra are about to enter our theater era. And by that, I mean, we're going to see cats in a few weeks. Oh, yeah. Wait, we didn't buy our tickets yet, did we? (laughs) We need to do that. Okay, we're going to buy our tickets. In our defense, the Kimmel Center got hacked, okay? And we couldn't buy tickets. Yeah, which is like, who the hell? Okay, one, who the hell hacks a theater? Yeah, please. (laughs) Go hack a bank or something. Leave her alone. (laughs) Two, they took a really long time to recover. No, like so long. The main website, I don't think. I mean, let's check right now. Let's check right now. Live on the pod. I have it open right now and it says our network systems have been fully restored. So, you know, good for them that they were able to figure it out. But they were down for like over a week. Over a week. Which is like, not not to expose myself as a tech girly, but I do work in tech. Exposing yourself, you are a tech girly. <laughs> I'm a tech girly and like at my company downtime for something like this is like we need to be back up in less than an hour oh yeah so to have this going on for weeks is insane to me it's distressing it's like you need to hire new IT people like something is missing you guys but we are yeah we're gonna go see cats so that was our segment let's unpack that Cassandra thank you for answering all of my questions my pleasure one thing that i wanted to talk to you about is your podcast flop soup yeah um okay so basically we just talk about stuff in culture that we think is flopping we also just talk about culture generally like we do like 20 minutes up top banter just talking about like you know if the grammys happened if the super bowl happened whatever we'll chat about that but then we kind of like look around the internet we look around twitter and we pull some things that we think are floppy as in like not quite right um not doing so well not something we really approve of and we talk about it and uh you know we make jokes about it we write quizzes for each other about you know different things in culture that we think are floppy uh and then we like you know we will play some games whatever but it's like culture gab i would say about just like how things seem and feel off sometimes um i think we're in a weird moment in culture 
TikTok, etc. <laughs> the Marvel Universe, like so many things um, that there are to question. One thing that I really love about your podcast is that you talk about not just how uh, the culture is flopping, but also how you and your co-host, Justin, are personally flopping. Yes, that is. Yeah, that's how we like to open the show to just like to put ourselves on the level with the things that we're talking about. Like we no one is infallible. Everyone, everyone will flop at some point, you know, and for the most part, we love you for it unless you're Hilaria Baldwin. I love uh, Hilaria Baldwin as a concept. As like a performance art piece, but as a real living human being, I don't love it. I feel like the name Hilaria Baldwin sounds like a disease where you can't stop laughing. I agree with that. Yeah, it does. It sounds like a, almost like a diagnosis, I feel like. Yeah. You have Hilaria Baldwin disorder. I've been struck with the case of the Hilarias. <laughs> Exactly. But yeah, we start we start every ep with uh with how we're flopping. It's a vibe. Do you ever come up with like do you ever come up with something in your life where you're like, this is a flop, but then you're like, this is too much of a flop to disclose on the podcast? This is a good question. Um the answer is no, but we've only had like seven episodes. I'm sure I will have a week where something so bad happens to me that's like too much to be like, here's what's going on. Um, but it hasn't happened yet, thankfully. Do you like consider yourself like down to be a vulnerable person, like open to sharing stuff about yourself? Or are you like, let's chill for a sec? <laughs> I think I'm like somewhere in the middle. I think it depends on like what the thing is. Like I think that there are things that I'm more open about than like a normal person would be. But like I have like worked through that. And then there are like probably other things that I don't feel so open and vulnerable because like I feel like I'm just like I haven't worked it out yet. Do you consider it to be vulnerable if you feel like you are confident about how you're feeling about a topic? Like as in you feel good about it? Like as in like sharing your opinion or just being like, I feel confident like sharing, sharing that, it, that it's okay to talk about Like sharing things. your struggles, but like just being like, I'm confident that I am, you know, doing the best that I can. Yeah, I think that is like probably the most vulnerable that you can be where you're like, I know that this is a risk, but I feel comfortable taking it because I feel like it's worth talking about. I feel like it's different if you're like oversharing because you want like reassurance, which is something that I feel like I fall into a lot. Yeah, I, I feel like I try not to do that, I guess. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I try to be vulnerable like where I think it it counts. Is there a recent flop that you've had that you could tell us about here? Like, I mean, last week I was talking about how I've been trying to eat healthier <laughs> and um, I shared that I was trying to eat oatmeal and I have like already not been doing that because I just hate it. And I like don't I feel like I have a hard time conjuring like healthy, <laughs> healthy meals. This was on the podcast episode that I was on and I had a really good time listening to you and Justin talk about yeah this. like Justin like I'm not sure if he said this on the podcast but maybe beforehand he like recommended a yogurt brand that I should try because we were talking about how it's like so hard to find like the middle ground between like the yogurts that are like so sour like Greek like no sugar Greek yogurt versus like I can't do a sour yogurt right but then like if you get like lemon flavored it's actually like a sugar bomb and not good for you but yeah so that that's like floppy 
eating healthy floppy. <laughs> okay, so could we say one thing you hate about you is that you have to eat breakfast? <laughs> yeah, I think we could say that. I feel like oatmeal is like naturally the floppiest food. Like it flops into the bowl. It flops into the bowl. Yeah, it's it flops into your mouth. Like it's flopping everywhere, I have to say. It's a flop and a slop. It, it is. And like, I think the worst thing about it for me is like sometimes I'll eat it and it will hit. And I'll be like, that was good. <laughs> and then I try to hold on to that memory. That's really sweet. <laughs> okay, um, I know that we also talked about you're doing stand-up again. We talked about that earlier in the podcast. Do you ever like, okay, I feel like I already know the answer to this, but do you ever get nervous about talking about yourself on stage? Yeah, I feel like you think I'm going to say no because I don't get nervous. I am so confident that you're going to say no. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. So I don't get nervous about going on podcasts because like there's not a lot of pressure to be like all of the things that I think I need to be on stage, which is biting, but also self-deprecating and funny and quick. And I do get nervous before I go on stage. And I think I will forever. Uh, I was just talking to somebody who is like newer to it. And she was like, you know, I was doing this joke that I always do. And I just like, I feel like I was fucking it up. And it's like, it's my best stuff. And I was like, my best jokes, like I still get nervous about telling them because like getting the right tone, like what I think is the right tone for me performing is really hard. And people always say I seem so confident up there and like I have confidence in my ability to get it right but like sometimes I fuck it up and it takes work like stand-up is hard one of the scariest things with stand-up is like you could prepare as much as you possibly could and still not have any idea what's going to happen when you're on stage or like have any control over what what's going to happen mm -hmm. And this is, like, just how I think, like, stand-up should be. But, like, in my opinion, like, the best performances are, like, you have an idea of what you're going to say beforehand. But really what's happening is that up there you're listening to the audience and you're adjusting to, like, what, you know, how they're reacting to you to, like, give the best performance that way. So it's, like, there is no way to be maximally prepared. Like, if you come with, like, written out shit, I do not think that is going to go well for you. And if that ever has gone well for someone, kudos to you. But I do really think it is like a conversation with the audience. So like, yeah, it's it's tough. Like I, I do get nervous. And like sometimes I'm afraid that I'll come off as like, I don't mean this in like a misogynistic way, but like too bitchy and like sometimes um, too confident, if that makes sense. Like you don't really want to see someone on stage who like has an ego the size of their head, right? Like, and and I do try to write my jokes in this way that's like, I am the butt of them. You need to have that like humility about like your perspective on the world. But yeah, so I do I do get nervous. Yeah, I feel like crafting the onstage persona can be so like daunting. Like for me, I get scared that on stage I come off as like airheaded when that is really like not to be a freak, but like I am actually smart. I think it's okay for me to say that. So you're such a freak for saying that. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> no, I, I actually I'm trying I don't really feel like that is true. I mean, unless you're trying to do that persona, but I don't feel like I get that from you. Well, thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you ever had like a really disastrous set that you can remember? Yeah, no. <laughs> Do you think that that's because they haven't gone disastrously bad or you just like push it out of your head? I think for the most part, I haven't. If I'm bombing, 
if I'm starting to bomb, I go off script and I start talking to the audience. I don't want to waste my time up there like saying things that are falling flat. Like I'm trying to win them back. So I have definitely had sets that aren't great, but I, like the I'm dying up here feeling like I don't lean into that. Like I'm not just like, all right, fuck you. I'm ugh. Like I'm like, okay, you're going to make me work. So I'm working. You know, what's one of the most harrowing things to hear on a stage? Oh, that one was for me. That joke was just for me, I guess. And I do say that sometimes, but then I then I have to veer. Then I'm like, okay, we're gonna, we have to get back to doing stuff for you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it is. Do you have one thing that you don't like about you when you are doing stand up? Like one thing that you always like find yourself doing or thinking? Uh, I wish that I asked less how much time is left I do that <laughs> like and I try to work in it but I just like it's more like I I don't have a good I don't always have a good sense of how long um stuff is taking and I don't I'm nervous about running the light like more than I should be I feel like that I get so scared of running the light and then like when they ask you when you want to be lit I I forget all the time what I told them or what they said they're right. going to it's light like, me Okay, at. so there's a minute left. Like, what's the... Um, also, I used to... <laughs> I, I like, And I, I'm sure this might still happen to me. I used to get confused and think that the light was someone taking, like, footage of me. Like, mm-hmm. trying to take a picture or something like that. And I'm like, obviously no one at this shitty open mic is, like, trying <laughs> to, like, document what you're doing. Like, yeah. Oh my god, that reminds me of like, when I was new at working at Good Good, I would obviously be watching a lot of stand up. And stand ups, they do that thing where like, when you get the light, you have to acknowledge that you saw the light. Yeah, you do the nod, like the little the, you do the, the nod, nod, you do the point. But like, for the longest time, I thought that what they were doing was like, this guy knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Wait, but that's so smooth on their part. I'm sure that's what they want you to think because, like, I don't love knowing what they're doing. I'm I'm not actually like excited about being in on that inside baseball. I'm like, oh, they got the light. Like, yeah, I- we we know too much about what's going on behind the curtain. Right. Like, as an audience member, like, it would be more fun if I was like, what's going on? You know, I don't know. I love a little mystery. Me too. Okay, I'm gonna write that on your list. I hate that I know what the light um, is. <laughs> I hate that I know what the light is. <laughs> okay, we're running out of time a little bit, so we are going to go into speed round. Okay, speed round. Right now, we only have five things that you hate about you. Okay. All right, number six. What do you not like about yourself? Um, Recently, I've been worried about my earlobes dragging. Dragging? You know, like you wear heavy earrings and then they get... Oh no, like drooping. Yeah, like drooping earlobes. I hate that I even have ever had that thought. I wish that I just didn't give a fuck. <laughs> okay, number six. I hate that I'm scared of my earlobes of drooping. Dro- of, yeah, yes. <laughs> I hate that about me. Okay, number seven. Oh, God. Okay. Um, I hate that I don't floss more. <gasps> yeah. And I hate that I lied to my hygienist about how much I floss. <laughs> And you know what? The thing is, they can tell. 
they know what's going I know. on i know i know and my mine is so nice and that's why i like to go to her because she like she pivots well around my lie <laughs> like if you if you really are doing it one to two times a week that's really good i want you to just really get in there when you're doing it those one to two times i brush my teeth and i use mouthwash every day but there is something about the flossing that i just yeah i have two things to say about that the first is the last dental hygienist I saw. I found out afterwards that she was TikTok famous. Oh. She had one million followers. <laughs> oh my God. I, I would hide. I would go into hiding. She was a beautiful blonde dental hygienist and she was really nice, but she was also like, yeah, we can tell when people don't floss. Um, and then the other thing that I have to say, cocoa floss. Have you heard of cocoa floss? No. Um, so it's like this fancy floss company and their whole thing is it's like like environmentally friendly fibers and they have like flavors and stuff. It has single-handedly made me a flosser because the floss is like so thick. It feels like I'm being like scrub, 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 scrub. Interesting. For anybody out there who wants to be a flosser, I recommend trying cocoa floss. Can you buy it at like the store? No, it's online only. Hi, editing Sam dropping in to let you know that the real answer is actually worse. The only store where you can buy it is Anthropology. Mm, okay. Okay. Harrowing. Yeah. So number seven, I hate that I don't floss more. That's relatable. You're a relatable girly right now. Okay. Number eight. Uh, okay. We talked about this before. I, I wish I was a better texter. We have talked about this. Yeah. I wish I was, um, I, so I guess I hate that I'm not better at texting. You know what? I will say ever since we had that conversation, you have been really good about responding to my text personally. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I keep leaving you on red. Like you said something to me yesterday that I was like, oh fuck, I like never even responded to this. And then I was like trying to ask you a question. And I was like, I feel like that's the worst when you're like demanding information from someone, but you didn't even respond to the last thing that they said to you. No, you've been doing so good. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Sam. And you know what? This I feel like this kind of ties into like our FOMO conversation earlier. I feel like the other part of that is like when people don't text me back, I worry that I died. I worry that I'm dead and I just don't know it yet. I'm a ghost. Yeah. Like, is anyone perceiving me? <laughs> yeah. I No, they're not. And I'm invisible. And like, that's just something that comes with having friends that aren't good at texting back. And I think I told you this. I feel like I just have so many friends that are like girlies on the go. And as of right now, I have a single friend where I'm like, if I text her, I know she's going to text me back. And she's the girly that I tell all my bullshit to. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to buy the shower curtain. What do you think? Like, she's she's that girl for me. And she always texts you back, you say? Yeah. Huge. One is all you need sometimes. And just with that one thing, that one person acknowledging my text, I feel like half my phone was gone. Good. Good. We're, we're on the way to a cure for these. Yeah, sometimes a girl just needs to be perceived. It's true. That is so true. Okay, Cassandra, we are almost at the home stretch. Number nine, what's one more thing? Okay, I'm continuing to think. What's one thing that makes you absolutely cringe about yourself? <laughs> the last cringe moment you have ever had. Okay, all right. So <laughs> when I was in college, I knew this guy who was uh, from Kenya and like inevitably we would discuss like differences between America and Kenya um and like it has always stuck with me the way that he would describe 
like white people doing like like white american people doing like the the no teeth smile when you walk by people oh my god i'm doing it to sam right now so but the listeners i think will understand what i'm referring to we can visualize and i do i do it i do like even though he said that to me 10 years ago like i do it all the time and I wish that I I didn't like something about like sometimes I do it and I'm just like God I couldn't have done like a full smile to that person who I do know like that that is something that will sometimes like after I do it I will feel a full body cringe within me yeah I I also have fallen victim to the white person smile but I also want to say I feel like there's a difference between when men do it and when women do it <laughs> I feel like as a woman sometimes it is scary. To smile at people. To do a full smile. That's an that's a good point. That's a good point. It is it can be, yeah. You don't want to smile too hard. Yeah, there have been so many times where I'm like trying to be friendly to somebody and then they just like take it in the full like other direction and they're like, you know, you're really pretty. Yeah. They're like in love with you. I yeah, I I have to say, like, as someone who has had a boyfriend for seven years, like, I am just always like, and my boyfriend, and then no one does that to me. Maybe I'm heinous, but I think it's more like I just try to be like, okay, I'm I'm going to try to ask you some questions and be a good conversationalist, and there is a risk that you will think I'm in love with you, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I I definitely don't think that it's because you're heinous. I think it's because you are fiancéed up. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> and my boyfriend, fiance, I'm like holding my ring up right now. Okay. <laughs> Cassandra is easily the most engaged friend that I had. My contact photo for you in my phone is of you like posing with your ring and a beer bottle. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I am like imminently planning an engagement party has already been referred to on this podcast. I am literally the most engaged a person could possibly be like in this moment. I was this morning trying on like dresses and shoes that I had ordered and being like, what am I going to (laughs) wear? That's so exciting. It is exciting. It is exciting. At the same time, I mean, I can... (laughs) my tent thing this is a little bit of a cheat because i don't actually hate it about me i hate the shoe industry but i wear a wide shoe like i need a wide size and i don't think it's my fault i if you looked at my foot you would be like that's a normal foot but like finding cute wide size shoes is really fucking hard and really annoying and i can't go to the store and try shoes on almost any of the time because they don't carry them in store. I fault the shoe industry. I like hate that I need to buy shoes online and then like return most of them because I feel like that's bad for the environment. It is not, it's not my fault, but it pisses me the fuck off. And you know what? Good for you for being willing to admit that. Willing to admit that it's bad for the environment. Oh, of fucking course it is. I mean, you just told me to buy online floss and I'm like, I don't really want to buy online floss because I feel like it's better that I go to the store. Like I know about the the shipping chain or whatever, <laughs> but like, you know, I also deserve to wear cute shoes to my engagement party so I'm ruining the environment (laughs) you know one thing that I like to say to my friends whenever we go down the I'm ruining the environment spiral you're only one person I am yeah it's true I am only one person and again I'm faulting the shoe industry for not like I know that there are so many girlies out there with wide feet like I know that you are one of them there I'm one of them and they're in the comments of normal with shoes saving my life and saying hey I normally wear a wide size but this fit me beautiful it's a community that's so important that that person every one of those girlies saves my life I love them it is a community shout out to the wide shoe girlies shout out (laughs) 
I'm really excited that we came up with our 10 things that you hate about you. Oh my gosh, me too. Don't talk to me about my earlobes. <laughs> I'm going to read them back. Number one, I hate how much FOMO I have all the time. Number two, I hate that I have to have a job. Yeah, that's a huge one. <laughs> Number three, I hate that I can stay in bed until 1130 a.m. Number four, I hate that I have to have breakfast. Number five, I hate that I know what the light is. Number six, I hate that I'm scared of my earlobes drooping. Number seven, I hate that I don't floss more. Number eight, I hate that I'm a bad texter. Number nine, I hate that I white person smile. <laughs> and finally, number 10, I hate that I wear a wide size shoe. It's all true. How do you feel about yourself hearing all of those at once? <laughs> I don't mean to sound too positive, but while those things are all true, I I like myself. Ultimately, I think we all have flaws and I work on those things except for the wide shoe thing because I can't help it. Um, I work on all of those things and I try to be better, but I also understand that I'm just a person and it's okay to be flawed. <laughs> and, you know, I really love to hear that from you. And I think that you should, everyone should be taking that approach. While there are things that you probably don't like about yourself, it's important to remember that ultimately people love you and you're great. <laughs> yeah. All right. And that brings us to our next segment. So what do you want me to do about that? <laughs> Cassandra, can you tell me one thing that I should do in the next week that can help me feel good about myself and hate myself a little bit less? Um, uh, okay. So I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of different things that you could, that you could do for this. Um, you could try to set like a really tiny goal Mm. and, um, like if you actually, whether or not you achieve it, you get yourself a little treat. There is nothing I love more than getting myself a little treat. Yeah. So it's like, it's like two parts, right? Like one of it is like deciding like what your little goal is that you think will, whether or not it's like, oh, I, I want to try to like go on a walk before 9am and it's just for one week. Mm -hmm. So like be chill, you know, you're not trying to create a lifelong habit or anything like that. Yeah. This is, this is going to be my homework for the week. Yeah. Your homework for the week. So it's like just for one week. Just pick something that you think would like maybe make you a little bit happier. I think part of it is like one, identifying what that thing is. Mm -hmm. And then two, you try to do it. Whether or not you do it, you get to have a little treat. And don't judge yourself for whatever the treat is. That's important. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say right now, I think I know what my goal is. Okay. I set a New Year's resolution for myself that I want to read more. Okay. Because I have been out of my reading era for a very long time. So I think next week or this coming week. I am going to set a goal of reading one chapter of a book. Perfect. Woo! She did yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And then So you already earned your treat. Congratulations. I mean, don't get the treat till after the week. I already earned my treat. <laughs> yeah, and then next week I'm going to let everybody know how I did. Yeah, you'll have to tell us how did it go. If you did read the chapter, you'll have to summarize. <laughs> oh my god, that it really is homework. <laughs> Yeah, that's giving book report. Yeah, that's giving pop quiz. <laughs> All right, Cassandra, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I love that we got to be each other's first guests on our podcast. That's such I a know. gorgeous relationship we'll have. That is so cute. And it's like, I think that it's really special because we did start doing comedy at like exactly the same time. Yeah, 
yeah, we did. Oh my God. It's so true. Yeah. After, after meeting at Good Good, it's so funny to think that when we first met, neither of us were doing comedy and then we just grew into it together. I know. And now we've been doing it for so long that we're pivoting to podcast. That's so beautiful. Yeah. We're graduating. <laughs> we're graduating to podcast. <laughs> Sam, thank you so much for having me on. I really had so much fun and I'm so excited to hear the rest of your podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of 10 Things I Hate About Me. It really means a lot to have you here. Make sure you subscribe, rate us five stars, leave us a review. In your review, tell me one thing you hate about yourself and maybe I'll read it on a future episode. Now let's get the hell out of here.